0: Use that sword, you use the word of God. It's not what Eve did. Instead of believing and relying on God's word, she entertained doubt, then rejected the word, and that's where a lot of us are heading. We need to be very careful about that.
1: How do you handle temptation? Do you go with the flow? Do you grit your teeth and resist with sheer willpower? Do you find a distraction? How about, this might sound crazy, how about opening God's word? To see what he says about your situation. That's what Jesus did. When Satan tempted Jesus, Jesus had the power and authority to tell the tempter to take a hike, but instead, he showed us how to overcome temptation. Welcome. Pastor Steve Kreloff will be exploring those concepts today on First by Verse as we continue our study of Genesis chapter 3 and the fall of man. One facet of Satan's temptation of Eve was to convince her that she would not die if she ate the forbidden fruit. Just think, if we don't die, we don't have to face God's judgment. So, if we can convince ourselves that death has a loophole, that there is no coming judgment, then we're free to do whatever feels good at the moment, right? Well, here's Pastor Steve with some thoughts about the difference between what Eve did and what Jesus did when faced with temptation.
0: New Age thinking is just old Satanism. That's all it is. Reincarnation is the belief that while your your present body will die, you continue to live in another body somewhere on earth. In the next life, you get to come back as someone else in your quest for perfection, bettering yourself in each cycle of life. This is why when you go to India, you don't want to hit a cow on the road because, hey, that's pretty high in the cycle. That's pretty high in, in the cycle. You hit a cow, and, the per- and the, that person got to start all over again. That is what the belief is. Now, this is why that actress, the actress Shirley MacLaine, teaches that death does not exist, and it's not to be feared. In fact, Shirley MacLaine says that in previous lives, she was a princess in Atlantis, an Inca in Peru. My favorite is this. She said she was, as a child, raised by elephant, elephants. I think that's a real stretch. Elephant, you know, where she came up with that one, I don't know. But apparently some believe her. Someone said this, reincarnation is the devil's lie made believable. It is a clever deception remade for popular consumption. Now, you and I may not think that that is really as popular as, uh, as these words say. They are. Because many of us were raised, even if we weren't Christians, we were raised in the Judeo-Christian ethic. Forget that. That does not exist in our country or in the world anymore. Certainly not in the world and and really not in our country apart from some pockets. And then there's there are those who say, well, sure, death happens, but it's nothing to be feared because judgment is really not something you need to be concerned about. And where are we hearing this? From all of these out-of-body experiences. Hey, there are even Christians telling us they died, they went to heaven, everything's fine. But there are others who say that they... Uh, we're in a we're in surgery, and they had an out of body experience. And you know what? It's just beautiful. There's peace and a warm feeling. There's a light at the end of the tunnel, and they wanted to stay, but God sent them back. And now they don't fear death anymore. Hey, these are people who ought to fear death. These are people who were deceived by demons. And so many people today. Don't fear death when they ought to fear death because of reincarnation, out-of-body experiences, and other things. See, the devil's old lie is still with us today. He says, you will certainly not die, and millions perish and go to hell believing that. Now, as we turn our thoughts back to Genesis 3 and Satan's conversation with Eve, the devil has told Eve that God lied to her. That's what he said. God's lied to you. Yeah, he said this, but it's not true. But the question would be, well, why would God possibly do that? What, what motives would he have? What ulterior motives would be there? Well, Satan had a reason for this, why God would lie. Why? Verse 5. For God knows that in the day you eat from it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. In other words, the fruit of the tree that God forbids you to eat from isn't bad for you is isn't bad. He said it was bad. It's not bad for you. The real reason that God told you not to eat is because God is jealous. God's jealous of you. He doesn't want you to be like him. He's keeping it all to himself. He doesn't want your eyes to be open to all kinds of wisdom and knowledge that only he has. That's what he's saying. God wants to keep you dumb and ignorant. He knows That the day that you eat, you're going to be like him. And you know what's so horrible about this is that this is the precise, that this, this wicked ambition that Satan is tempting Eve with is precisely the very wicked ambition that was in his heart to be like God, to be like God. This is the same tactic that he uses on people today. Exactly the same tactic. They are not content with God's word, his revelation. They want to acquire knowledge first hand to be enlightened to the point of being like God and be like God. This is what drives most of mankind. We seek to build a utopia on earth and even in outer space. We want to conquer those, uh, those places. We rely on education, enlightened religion, computer information, and psychiatry to create a better environment than we have. A new world, a world, watch this, a world without God. Why do you need God when you're just as smart? You don't need God. Why do you need his word when you have this enlightenment? And folks, that is the world we live in. It is a world without God. You see, if you are like God in your wisdom and your knowledge, then you don't need him. You don't need him or his word anymore. And that's where Satan really, really tempts us in this world, to replace God and his word with our enlightened minds. Once you buy into that, you can throw the word of God away. You don't need God or his word. You are a God. You are a God. And hey, this is where our world is. This is where it's moving in the tribulation. uh, The world is going to worship the Antichrist and and probably say he is the God of gods. We're like God. And you know what? He's the greatest of us. And they're going to worship him. Enlightened thinking. Be very careful about that. So think about this for a moment because new age thinking today tell us that the fall of man was a fall upward. Do you realize that? New Age thinking says that it was a fall upward. In fact, they actually teach that the serpent and the woman are the redeemers of mankind because their actions brought about man's enlightenment. They like this. Mankind now has special knowledge that he did not have prior to the fall. How do we respond to this? It is true. That Adam and Eve acquired knowledge. And I'm going to just reiterate this and go a little bit deeper of what I said a few minutes ago. It is true that Adam and Eve acquired knowledge, the knowledge of good and evil. But that didn't make them like God. That enlightenment was not godly enlightenment. This was, and this still is, a horrible kind of knowledge for a person without Christ. Why is it so horrible? Listen to this. I, I quote from John Whitcomb in his commentary on this. For knowing what is good they are unable to do it. And knowing evil, they are unable to resist it. Let me say that again. Knowing knowing what is good, they are unable to do it as sinners. And knowing evil, they are unable to resist it. That, folks, is total depravity. Total depravity, and that is total frustration. Total frustration. Francis Schaeffer illustrates what kind of a horrible knowledge this is. And I, I quote, From Francis Schaeffer, he said, it is the knowledge of a child whose mother says, don't go near that fire, because if you do, you will get hurt. You will catch fire and be burned. But the little child goes on in disobedience. He falls into the fire and spends the next three days dying in agony. The child has learned something that it wouldn't have known experientially if it had listened to the knowledge given by its mother. But what a knowledge. Yes, he's learned something. He's been enlightened. Would he have been just as enlightened before? Had he listened to his mother? Yes, absolutely. Just once have experienced the horrors of that agony. The fall of mankind was not a fall upward. It was a horrible plunge downward. Horrible plunge. He has fallen. And all the wisdom, you see, all, all that Eve All that Eve had, the wisdom and enlightenment uh, from God's word, that's all she needed. That's all she needed. She didn't need anything more. But now she was about to acquire experiential knowledge. Once again, Francis Schaeffer says this, She already knows from the voice of God that in the day you eat, you will die. She can have experiential knowledge, but that knowledge is no truer knowledge than the knowledge from God, and the result is that Whole human race is now in agony. You see the difference? She, she didn't learn anything new. She could have known, she would have known the truth. She did know the truth, but now she experienced it as a sinner. So what's Eve going to do? Satan has cast doubt in her mind over God's word and his goodness. And he has denied the truthfulness of God's word, his integrity. In other words, he's pulled the word of God from her. And once that goes, you are vulnerable. You're just vulnerable. She's now going to make a decision, but it's a decision that's not based on the the word. It's a decision now, and the most important decision she will ever make, but it's a decision that unfortunately, tragically, she bases on her own feelings and her own thinking. Verse 6, when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was desirable to make one wise, she took from its fruit and ate. I'm going to stop there. Not going to go into her husband yet. I'm going to stop right there. Instead of making a decision, the sermon's not stopped, by the way, just where we're looking at, so don't close your minds. Instead of making a decision based on the objective truth of God's word, she simply went with her heart. You hear that today. I, I just went with my heart. You know what? Her heart was wrong. She went with her heart, and her heart was absolutely wrong. She looked at it, and it was good. For food, You know what? It it, it looked appealing. It appealed to her appetite. Physically, it looked good. She went back to the garden or she went to the center of the garden. She looked at it. She gazed at it. And that fruit looked really good. It was a delight to the eyes. It not only looked good to eat, but it looked good aesthetically. It was a good looking piece of fruit. And uh, it appealed to her emotions. She thought that's really nice to see. It also appealed to her mind. It was desirable to make one wise. You know what? In Eve's sin there is a pattern. There is a pattern here about temptation. I'd like you to turn all the way to the back of your Bibles again to first John chapter two and stay there for a moment. Just stay there for a moment. First John chapter two. I believe when John makes the statement, these verses, he is referring precisely to what took place in the Garden of Eden. John, Even though he doesn't mention Eve at this point, but 1 John chapter 2, we break in at verse 15. Do not love the world, nor the things of the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all, and watch this, is this not the Garden of Eden? For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the boastful pride of life is not from the Father, but it's from the world. And the world is passing away, and also its lust. But the one who does the will of God abides forever. Now, now, just keep your place here for a moment, because I want to look at this. The lust of the flesh, Eve went to the center of the garden. As I said, she looked around, it appealed to her, she tasted. The lust of the eyes, what Eve saw appealed to her emotionally, looked good. The pride of life, Eve wanted to gain knowledge, and since she no longer feared death or punishment, because Satan said the day that you eat, you're not going to die, the fear was taken away, she ate. She took the fruit and she and she ate. And notice, notice that there is the thought here about Satan. This is precisely the thought, because we're going to look, how do you defeat Satan in your life when these temptations come to you? Notice verse 14, I have written to you fathers because you know him who is from the beginning. That is, you know God in a very intimate, personal way. I have written to you young men because you're strong and the word of God abides in you. And what? You have overcome the evil one. They overcame him by the word of God. Eve could not do that because she put aside the word of God for her own thoughts. Now this brings us, a very important point because you look at it and you go, so what? Now I know all about this, but what do I do with this? How do we keep from falling like Eve did? Because this is a pattern. This is a pattern. We want to do what we want to do. Our heart says do this. Our physical appetites tell us to do something. Our desires, our emotional satisfaction, the pride of life, all of these things are pulling at us. How do we keep from falling like Eve when we are tempted Concerning bodily appetites, emotional desires, and pride. Well, for that, we we must turn to Luke. Luke chapter 4. The New Testament, Luke chapter 4. Because in Luke chapter 4, we're told about Jesus being tempted by the devil. And you know what? His temptation was very similar to Eve because there is a pattern. Luke chapter 4. It says in verse 1, And Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was fed or was led rather about by the spirit in the wilderness for 40 days being tempted by the devil and he ate nothing during those days. And when they had ended, he became hungry. And here's the temptation. Temptation number one, verse three. The devil said to him, if you're the son of God, tell this stone to become bread. The temptation was to his physical appetite. It appealed to his appetite. Hey, you're the son of God. Why would God let you be out here so hungry. I mean, after all, look who you are. Why don't you take some food? What, what's the bad thing about taking food? You're hungry? Just, uh, just turn this, this stone into bread. Eve was tempted on that. It looked good. Looked good for food. But how did Jesus answer? Now, Jesus is the Son of God. He's God the Son. And yet, look how he answered. And you know this already. Jesus answered him. It is written, man shall not live by bread alone. Eve relied on her own thinking. Jesus said, It is written. In other words, this is the word of God. I'm not even going to get into this with you, Satan. I'm appealing to the scriptures. Temptation number two, verses five through seven. He led him up, showed him all the kingdoms of the world. In a moment of time, the devil said to him, I will give you all this domain and its glory for it has been handed over to me and I'll give it and I give it to whoever I wish. Therefore, if you will worship me, it shall all be yours. He appealed to what looked good. Boy, it must have looked good. Jesus saw all the kingdoms of this world in a moment of time. He saw London, New York, Paris. All He saw the the Roman Empire. He saw the Greek Empire. He saw the Tribulation Empire. All of this in a moment of time. It appealed aesthetically, emotionally, emotional desires. This is all yours. But what did Jesus do? Verse eight, Jesus answered and said to him, it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and serve him only. He went back to the scriptures. He went back to the scriptures. A third temptation, verses nine through 11. And he led him to Jerusalem and Adam stand on the pinnacle of the temple. That's the highest point of the temple. Said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down from here. For it's written, he'll give his angels charge concerning you to guard you. And on their hands, they will bear you up lest you strike your foot against a stone. You know what this appealed to? Pride. Hey, you're pretty special. They're not going to do this for anybody else, but for you they will. You have angels standing guard over you. Night and day they're waiting on you. Special protection. You're pretty special, Jesus. All you have to do is jump down and you know they're going to do something for you that they wouldn't do for anybody else. And what did Jesus say? And what did he do? Verse 12, Jesus answered and said to him, It is said you shall not put the Lord God to the test. And you see, he answered with the scriptures, folks. And what did Satan do? He didn't win because verse 13 said, when the devil had finished every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time. The devil only tempts us for a season. But the point that I want you to see is that Jesus resists, resisted temptation by going to God's word. And that's what we have to do. Once you start relying on your own thinking, once you start relying on your feelings and your opinions and all of that stuff, you're doomed. You're going to fall and it's going to be a mighty fall. It is the word of God. That's why in 1 John 2.14 it says you've overcome the devil by your knowledge of the word of God, your knowledge of the word of God. It is the sword of the spirit, Paul said in Ephesians 6, which is the word of God. You use that sword. You use the word of God. It's not what Eve did. Instead of believing and relying on God's word, she entertained doubt, then rejected the word, and that's where a lot of us are heading. We need to be very careful about that. So this is the temptation, and the question is, what are you going to do about it? What you need to do about it is rely on the word of God. Let's bow for prayer. Temptation has many angles, as we have seen the last few weeks, taking a few hours to study this, but the way you resist is not very complicated. The way you resist is rather simplistic. The way you resist is to never depart from the word of God, to make sure that you meditate on it day and night. And when you are tempted to rely on your own thinking, your own understanding, that's when you've got to let scripture answer. Somebody said this. A little girl said one time when Satan knocks at the door, I just let Jesus answer. I hope you do. You may be battling some temptation now, some struggle you're going through. There is an answer in God's word. You can't let your desires, your feelings, your pride control you, but only the word of God. I don't know what you're going through now. I don't know what the struggle is, but I do know the answer. The answer is to do what Jesus did. It is written. Will you do that? I challenge you to do that. I urge you to do that. In the words of the Apostle Paul, I beseech you to do that. I plead with you for God's pleasure and what pleases him to not fall as a believer. And if you've never trusted Jesus Christ, then I have to say this, that um, you are dead in sins and trespasses, but you don't have to be like that. The reason you don't know God is because you can't possibly know him. You are totally unresponsive to him. You don't have his spirit within you. You don't have a new nature within you. He's just a remote cosmic force to you. You may know about him intellectually. You may have even been raised in a home that uh, you heard about God, you heard about Christ, but you don't know him. You can know him. You can be forgiven of your sins by repenting, turning from your sin, sin that you're aware of and trusting Jesus Christ alone as the only Savior, the one who died for you. I urge you to do that. And then you can know victory over the evil one. If you'd like to speak to somebody about trusting Christ or about any kind of struggle you're going through, Jack will be up here after the service, and uh, he'll be happy to speak to you. Father, I thank you that your word warns us in a passage like this because we are so vulnerable, so susceptible to the evil one's thoughts. Lord, we do struggle with the lust of the flesh, those not quick glances, Lord, but the gazing, and those quick glances can turn into gazing. The lust of the not only eyes and flesh and wanting our own appetites, bodily appetites satisfied, and the pride of life. Lord, how wicked that is to want to be something that we're not, to not be content with what you've told us, but wanting more. And Lord, that's, that's where we're at. That's where, where the world that we live in is at. It's a world without you, and we don't want to be believers without you. I pray that you'll help us to rely on the word of God, not only in a doctrinal way, not only to have our uh, the, the I's dotted and the T's crossed in the right way, but Lord, to live the right way, to live in a way that um, we meditate day and night on the word. And uh, we think of even what, uh, what David said in Psalm 119, how shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed to thy word? And thy word can keep us from sin and It was D.L. Moody who said this book will keep you from sin or sin will keep you from this book. And I pray for each one of us, Lord, as a congregation that you will help us to take heed to the Word of God, to know the Word well enough that when Satan comes knocking, we let Jesus answer. And I pray this all in Jesus' name.
1: Amen. Amen. Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths thanks for tuning in you've been listening to verse by verse with pastor steve kreloff of lakeside community chapel in clearwater florida if you've been listening and become aware of your need for a savior but you still have questions give lakeside a call or if you're looking for a church to visit you can find out more by phone just call 727-441-1714 lakeside also offers free audio cds So if you'd like to have the whole sermon that Pastor Steve just finished, call Lakeside at that number, 727-441-1714 and ask for message 1609, The Temptation of Eve, Part 2. If you didn't get that number written down, that's okay. You'll find contact information and more online at lakesidechapel.com. Another way to listen to Verse by Verse is by visiting our website, versebyverseradio.org and clicking on the link to the Message Archive page. We have hundreds of previous broadcasts there for free streaming or download. And there's a giving page if you'd like to help us keep these lessons coming. Thank you for your gifts and your prayers. That's versebyverseradio.org. This is Jerry Peterson. That passage in Proverbs goes on in the next two verses to say, Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. Eve thought that she was wise in her own eyes and she turned toward evil instead of away from it. On the next verse by verse, Pastor Steve will start sharing some of the results of that decision. You've been listening to Verse by Verse, sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries. This program was pre-recorded. To learn more, including how to donate to this ministry, visit versebyverseradio.org. That's versebyverseradio.org. If we see this world through our own eyes, we'll be riddled with fear and doubt. But if we see things as God does, we can live with power, security, purpose, and hope. That's the promise of Romans 8:28. And it's the focus of Dr. David Jeremiah's Making Sense
0: of It All.